Welcome to Brief Success Radio, the podcast that brings you the most up-to-date information on training, nutrition, lifestyle and business with your host, Helda Barroso. What is going on, guys? Welcome to episode 32 of the Breathe Success Radio. And we are going to be continuing on from the last episode where we were talking about the gut-brain axis. Um, Before we go ahead, hopefully, if you've already listened to that episode, this will make more sense. If you haven't, I'd recommend you go back and listen to episode 31. This is kind of a follow-on from there so that um, you understand a little bit more about what we're going to be talking about today. Um, one of the things that I need to tell you is I'm no doctor, I'm no scientist, I'm not here to tell you what to do or advise you what to do or, or to change your lifestyle in any way, shape or form. I'm here basically to try and arm you with education uh, based on information that I've gathered myself through reading books, through podcasts, obviously this current um set of episodes is based on a a book, uh, The Gut-Brain Axis, which I mentioned in episode uh, 31. And all I'm trying to do is put this information into simple ways of understanding so that we can improve our health and our well-being for ourselves and for our people around us. So hopefully, guys, this is going to give you a little bit more of an understanding how important it is uh, to understand a little bit more about how the gut and our brain is connected and how potentially we can try and work around that to improve our health. Um, I'm sure you would have heard of the the phrase "you are what we eat, you are what you eat," uh, and most of the time that phrase is connected with the way someone looks. Um, you know, if someone has a six pack, if someone looks well, um, typically they say, "You know, you must eat very, very well. Your body's a temple," type of thing, and that's true. However, some people look incredibly amazing on the outside. And on the inside, things are not as good as it looks on the outside. You know, gut issues are happening left, right and center, bloating, IBS, diarrhea, uh, you name it. You know, the usual digestive issues that we hear on a day-to-day basis, constipation. Also things, for example, emotionally may not be going very, very well. Uh, Anxiety, depression, depression. feeling of feeling low and tired, uh, fog. You know, this is very common, even with people that look incredibly amazing. And and if you listen to the last podcast, like I keep mentioning, uh, you'll understand that a lot to do with the way we feel emotionally and physically has to do with our gut. Uh, And we talked a lot about the gut microbiota. And we know uh, the gut microbiota resides, uh, the interface between our gut and our nervous system. And it is in, in a key position, really, to link our physical and mental well-being. And this is linked directly to what we eat and drink. So what we do eat and what we do drink, in turn, links with, with our feelings and our emotions, because it has to process that food. Because our gut gathers all the informa- this information from the food we consume, every millisecond and it does this 24 hours a day seven days a week even as we are sleeping a lot of this information gathering occurs in our stomach at the beginning of the small intestine but there's only a small number of microbes that reside there 
uh, and their contribution to the brain dialogue is not very, very big. But the trillions of microbes that live in our large intestine that digest the remaining food uh, 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 that we eat, so the food that gets past our small intestine into that into our large intestine, uh, that's where those trillions of microbes really get to work. And this becomes a whole new dimension in the process. The well-being of our gut microbes really depends on the food that we eat. And they are more or less programmed in the food preferences we choose earlier on in life. Um, the gut will always, and I mean always, digest everything we feed it. Regardless which we eat meat, we eat fish, we eat veg, we eat fruit. The gut will use its enormous amount of information stored in the millions of genes to transform the partially digested food into hundreds of thousands of metabolites. What we know so far is that some of these metabolites profoundly affect our GI tract, our digestion, including its nerve and immune cells. Some of them find their way into the bloodstream and are involved in this long-distance signaling from uh, blood, the bloodstream to the brain, and this can influence every organ, including the brain. A particularly important role of, of, of these such microbes um, is their ability to induce a state of low-grade inflammation in their target organs, obviously one of them being the brain, which could cause anxiety, depression. And this has also been implicated with things like obesity, heart disease, chronic pain, uh, and other brain uh, uh, issues as well, such as Alzheimer's disease and, and, and or this kind of degenerative diseases of the brain. The, the emerging knowledge of an integrated gut microbiota brain system and its intimate relationship with the food we eat is revealing how the mind, the brain, the gut, and the gut's microbiota are now interacting. These interactions can either make us very vulnerable to a growing number of diseases, or they can actually help us to ensure a good state of optimal health. Um, so we need to understand and we need to be the, our own engineers of this inter internal ecosystem that's going on in our bodies and our minds. And if we understand this and we engineer our ecosystem to work well with us, we're going to be in a great place. If not, potentially we're not going to be in a great place. And we may have these gut issues that can create a lot of other issues along the way. So I want to give you a bit of a scenario. Um, this is probably something that's happened to me on a regular basis. Some of you, some of you may listening to this may have also come across these type of scenarios. Um, let me put it into this scenario. I'm going to use myself as, a, as an example. I'm driving along, minding my own business. All of a sudden, I notice this car behind me. It's, it's right up my own bum. It's like really driving fast, right up my own ass. And it keeps driving up my backside. I'm looking at my rear mirror, I'm thinking, what the hell is this guy doing? For a minute, I'm calm, everything's good. But after a bit, I'm starting to get annoyed. I'm like, I'm going to say, what the hell are you doing? For whatever reason, you want you to annoy me. So I start, I start getting angry. The muscles on my neck start to tense. My jaw starts to clench. My face starts frowning. I start swearing. I'm just not in a good place. I'm like, wow, I'm sat there in anger. My stomach, this is what happens to my stomach. When, when this is happening in my brain, the situation's 
actually happening. I'm in the car, this is happening, I'm reacting in this manner. What goes on in my stomach? My stomach goes into these vigorous contractions, which increases the production of acid and actually slows down the emptying of any food I might have just consumed. So whatever I've just consumed, the, the digestion of that is slowed down. And it's like came to a bit of a halt. Meanwhile, my intestines start getting twisted. They start spitting all this mucus and other digestive juices. Uh, and th this is going on just because I'm angry on the outside. So my digestive system is now starting to react to the way my emotions are, 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 are going on at that moment in time. Now, this is just an example. It could be anything, any of the time. It could be having an argument with someone at work, with your wife, with your husband, with your kids. It could be that you are exercising, exercising creates the same environment, uh, create, uh, exercises a stress on the body, right? Uh, uh, so whenever we're feeling anxious, upset, depressed, stressed, our intestines don't really move. They become intact. In fact, our gut normally mirrors every emotion that arises in our brain. The activity of these brain circuits affects other organs as well, creating this coordinated response to every emotion we feel. When we stress, for example, our heart rate also speeds up and increases. As I already said, my neck, the shoulders, the muscles get tight. And the reverse happens when we chill, when we relax, we relax. So things stop moving correctly. Our digestion is working as it should be. We are chilled. We, our heart rate is in a really good place. Do you see how our day-to-day -day life potentially could be having an impact on the way that we feel emotionally and why our gut reactions may be causing us to feel bloatiness and constipation and, and a diarrhea. I'm sure a lot of you listening to this have had these uncomfortable digestive issues. You've probably been to the doctors. The doctors told you that you've got maybe IBS, a very easy way of, of diagnosing a digestive issue is you've got IBS go home, uh, manage stress, potentially they may say that to you, they may tell you to take some uh, peppermint tea, peppermint tablets, if things don't go away and you keep going back to the doctors, they may send you for an endoscopy where they put a camera down your throat or up your bum, uh, most of the time they will not find anything in particularly wrong, unless there is something wrong, but if it's all to do with emotions and if it's all to do with this gut-brain axis, this connection, there's not going to be any signs of anything there that's concerned to the doctors. So they'll probably put you on proton pump inhibitors. Um, and this goes on and on and on and on. And we're actually not fixing the problem. We're just putting a, a, a plaster over it and hopefully it will go away. But could it be that it's our emotions that's creating these uncomfortable feelings in our gut? Could it be that? Could it be that our normal balanced state is now not normal anymore. There's a few chemicals in our brain. Uh, there's this thing called CFR, which is a chemical like a, like a master switch in our brain. Again, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor, so I don't really know how to. There's a name to this CFR. If you just type in CFR chemical master switch on Google, this will come up. But it's basically a master switch for this, any, res, any stress response. Uh, and this is secreted in, in our brain in the hypothalamus. And what it does, it, it actually increases the stress hormones such as cortisol uh, and uh, norepinephrine, which is basically adrenaline, but it's in the brain. It's the same thing, 
but in the body it's called adrenaline, in the brain it's called norepinephrine. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. And this stimulates a stress-induced gut reaction that then impacts the composition and activity of our gut microbiota. So this spike of CRF levels raise anxiety and make us more sensitive to a range of sensations, including signals from the gut, which are experienced as severe belly pain, diarrhea, um, the gut wall becomes leakier, the colon secretes more water and mucus, the amount of blood flowing through the lining of our stomach and intestine increases. It becomes this huge, powerful problem that we need to get rid of. So maybe our emotions are one of the reasons why we are having this, these issues with our gut. But let's understand how our gut works. Our gut's incredibly amazing. If it works well, this is how things should work. Okay, So even before we think about chewing a food or swallowing a food, our stomach, just looking at food, our stomach will fill with this concentrated hydrochloric acid that can be as acidic as a battery acid. When we eat uh, and we chew those foods, those partially chewed bits of food will then go into our stomach. Our stomach exerts grinding forces so intense that they break up the food into tiny little particles. Meanwhile, our gallbladder and pancreas are preparing this small intestine to do its job, basically by injecting bile to help digest the fats and a variety of other digestive enzymes. When our stomach passes the tiny food particles to the small intestine, the enzymes and bile break them down into nutrients that the gut can then absorb and transfer to the rest of the body. As digestion proceeds, the muscles in our intestinal walls execute a distinct pattern of muscular contractions, which we call peristalsis, almost like these muscle contractions that basically just move the food down through the digestive tract. The strength, length, and direction of these muscle contractions depend on the, on the type of food we eat, uh, ensuring, for example, that the gut has more time to absorb things like fats and complex carbohydrates, and then it doesn't, lead, doesn't need as much time to digest things like sugary drinks, as an example. At the same time, parts of our intestinal walls contract to steer the food being digested to the lining of the small intestine, where then nutrients are absorbed. In our large intestine, Powerful waves of contractions move, move contents back and forth to enable the organ to extract and absorb 90% of the water in intestinal contents. Another powerful wave of contraction then moves contents towards the rectum, typically triggering an urge to have a bowel movement. And that's basically how the brain works even before. When you sit down, you see the meal in front of you, this acid, hydrochloric acid in your mouth starts to... to, to, to be ready to eat the food, and then this is kind of what happens. In between meals, when we're not eating, something else happens. A different pressure wave, the migrating motor complex, serves our guts of our, it's like a housekeeper of our gut. What it does, it sweeps out anything else that our stomach couldn't dissolve or break down into small enough pieces, such as undissolved things like medications, maybe some nuts you might have had, and it kind of remained there. Our gut didn't really get rid of it. So in between meals, there's this housekeeper that deals with this. And this wave slowly travels from our esophagus all the way down to our rectum every 90 minutes. It generates enough pressure to crack things like, imagine a Brazil nut. That's how much pressure it generates. 
he can crack a Brazil nut. And he will sweep all these undesirable microbes from our small intestine into the colon. This housekeeping wave operates only when there is no food left to digest in our GI tract. This happens typically when we're sleeping, for example. Uh, and, and as soon as we, get, we, we wake up, we eat breakfast, this switches off. The gut can coordinate all of this and more without any help from the brain or the spinal cord. And it is not the muscles making up our gut wall that know how to do it. Instead, managing digestion is largely the work of what we call the ENS, our enteric nervous system, also known as the second brain. And you've, you would have heard of, of people saying the second brain is an tummy. The second brain is basically the ENS, the enteric nervous system. And it's a remarkable network of 50 million nerve cells that wrap around the intestine from the esophagus all the way down to the rectum. And it's, it's, inc it's an incredible, amazing, digestion is incredible, it's brilliant, it does its job. It's remarkable that all of these complex digestive functions are coordinated autonomously by the hard, hardwired circuits. They happen without us trying to do anything. We can just lay there, sleep, and these things are happening. We don't have to think about it. It just happens. And how incredible is that, really? Um, that these anatomic connections between millions of nerve cells within our centric nervous system, and this is all accomplished without any help from the brain or us, the rest of our central nervous system, as long as everything's going well. But as we've mentioned just before, you know, stress, road rage, all of this can have an impact. Our emotional brain can really mess up just about every one of those seemingly automatic functions. If you just sat down for dinner after a hard day's work, all of a sudden you go into an argument with your wife or your husband or your kids, your stomach's wonderful meat grinding activity is quickly turned off. And instead it goes into these spastic contractions that no longer allow it to empty properly. All of that tasty food you just ate will remain in your stomach without further digestion. Long after you left the table, your stomach will still be in spasms as you lie awake there in your bed trying to go to sleep. And because there's still food in your stomach, that this nocturnal migrating contractions that are meant to happen without us even thinking about it, they will not happen. And this will prevent the usual overnight cleansing, this gatekeeping uh, housekeeper that will go and clean the rest of the stuff that's been left there when digestion didn't do its full job, it won't happen. What then that leads to is gut problems, emotional problems. So you see how this is really starting to connect now. The way we feel emotionally is affecting our gut. And this gut-brain axis, this gut-brain connection is powerful as hell. So hopefully, guys, this has uh, been... A helpful podcast giving you some information to go away and think about things maybe when you have a dinner tonight uh if you're going to go into an argument maybe stop eating maybe not a good idea to eat um if you just had your breakfast or you're driving to work after you've had your breakfast if someone's annoying you on the road let it go move on don't let it affect you i look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast podcast 33 we'll be continuing on on this conversation uh, of the gut brain axis. If you like this podcast, like, share, and comment, and I'll see you on the next one.
Thank you for listening, guys.